This is Jesse Romero, Catholic lay evangelist, on fire evangelization. You're listening to Catholic Vitamin A to Z. This is Terry Barber, and you're listening to the Catholic Vitamin Podcast with Deacon Tom and D, nourishing you with faith from A to Z. Welcome to Catholic Vitamins, your dose of spiritual supplements from A to Z. Catholic Vitamins, specially formulated to help you achieve optimum spiritual health. It's time to energize your faith, forget what lies behind, and press on toward the goal. We've already won. Look at how far we've come. Let's fully embrace the change that has taken place. Here are your hosts for Catholic Vitamins, Deacon Tom Fox and his lovely wife, Dee. Hi, everyone. Hey, that's you clearing your throat. Hello, everyone. That's Deacon Tom and Dee. No, no, we're going. We're going. Oh. Hello, everyone. Hi. <laughs> it's the uh, sometimes dynamic. Today, maybe not <laughs> so much. It's the duo, and we are on the Catholic Vitamins. This is show number... 476 for the World Wide Web. And for our local Catholic radio station, KPIH, it's episode 124. Who could believe, huh? The, um, our special guest for this show is one that you and I have been smiling and laughing about because we have been going through some of his music. We've reviewed some of his uh, credentials, if you will, some of his experience. His name is Nick Alexander, and... Uh, He's much more than a comedian, but he certainly is a comedian. He's written a lot of uh, uh, customized music, you might say. He's an evangelist. He's appeared all over the United States, and he's our guest on this Catholic Vitamins. We'll be bringing you some of his music and our great interview time with him. Even though I wasn't here when you did the interview with him, we were just on the phone with him a few minutes ago. He is so upbeat. He really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really great to talk to. And he would be great to come to your conference, your parish, uh, a renewal event, uh, Nick Alexander. We'll get into our interview with him a little bit later. So uh, we've said who our guest is, what the show number is, and the uh, vitamin. Oh, say the vitamin. The vitamin is vitamin C for celebration. Celebrate our Catholic faith, and Nick Alexander will help us do that with his life's journey. And we've been celebrating our journey for 12 and a half years or yes. something like that. Yes. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, nearing a, a hiatus or a quiet in our journey on the web. A quiet period, maybe. Yeah, a quiet period. But before that, let's just say a few words about something you and I did yesterday. This is Prattle, by the way. This was fun. Yesterday, in uh, rewarding three young children who uh, won or who answered correctly Catholic trivia questions, I was asking them during faith training. I'm preparing two of them for first sacraments, first, first Eucharist. And one of the two children is going to receive uh, first confession, and they're both going to receive confirmation. So I've been working with them for weeks. And if, you wanted to reward them. I wanted to reward them for answering their questions correctly. And so they won milkshakes. So we went to a local uh, dairy, dairy store. Dee was with us. It was so nice. So there was mom, six children. All six children, yes. Yeah, and uh, three of the ones 
that one milkshakes uh, got to voice to Deacon Tom. I want strawberry. I want cotton candy. <laughs> I, I want chocolate, and so uh, D said, "I want vanilla." <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, D did. And uh, we milkshakes had are good. Dan Zeisen, D A N Z E I S E N Dairy. I always say the dairy store because I can't pronounce that name. Yeah, I know. Well, they're going to be uh, participating in our Catholic trivia program on KPIH, which is getting started very soon. And they gave us some gift certificates yes, to use. We thank them for that. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, that's here in our local community. I don't know how worldwide they are or uh, how much throughout the United States they are, but they are doing great things here in our community. I think they're only in Phoenix, but they're trying to expand in other towns here in Arizona. I heard him say expanding, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where. Um, to go back to our milkshake experience, there was a lot of noise, a lot of laughing. We had fun. And then I took the... Uh, uh, everyone in that family, the mother and the six children, and we went to the KPIH studios. Mm -hmm. I gave them a tour, and they were mildly interested in the tour and seeing everything. But what was fun was we recorded an angel of God prayer in their voices. And maybe when we take our first break, I'll play that because I have, have it here on my computer. And uh, they were so sweet. They just enjoyed that so much. And their mom blaze uh identified the prayer so it's only 15 seconds and uh, we'll play that when we take our first break followed by some music by uh, nick alexander one of his parodies i would guess but uh our, our radio station audience will be able to hear the kids doing this off and on during up upcoming days right yes yes every tuesday is a day in the worldwide church to mm -hmm. honor our guardian angels and so that's why we had them record that okay well, that was uh, a little bit of prattle, uh, time for us to take our first break. So we'll do the Angel of God prayer from the Farrier children, and then uh, we'll play some Nick Alexander. The Farrier family brings you today's prayer to our guardian angels. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God love and trust me dear, ever this day be at my side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. That's what we are Ecumenical Redeeming scars Don't take doctrine as parenthetical we may differ, but at least we're ethical. Help me love you with ecumenical truth. Well, Dee, what did you think of that version of <laughs> music? Nick's version? Yes. <laughs> well, as soon as the music started, I immediately had Nat King Cole in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely great. I loved, it. I loved it. Nick does a great job. Well, uh, we were talking about sort of going quiet or taking a hiatus in our uh, 
evangelical efforts. Yes. So I've signed up at Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio, for the what will be my 15th time participating mm-hmm. in the uh, priest-deacon seminary and uh, retreat and conference. And, I know you're looking forward to it because, oh, really because really. they had to cancel it last year. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> so that's all signed up for. That's going to be in June. And then shortly back from that, one of our deacon classmates, one of our good friends from the class of 2004, became a widower, and uh, years went by him serving. uh, We were in our 17th year this June. Mm -hmm. And he turned himself into the bishop a couple years ago and asked if he could become a priest. And I guess the bishop said, are you sure you want to do this? And he said he did. So he's been studying in Hales Corner, Wisconsin, and will be ordained in June. Uh, Toward the end of June, yes. In uh, Cheyenne, in Wyoming. At the cathedral. He's a, he's a uh, Wyoming resident. And we want to go to that. And then, D, we weren't able to go to Missouri or Indiana or Pennsylvania. For last. two years. Yeah. And so uh, we're looking forward to doing that. So we've got some things on our <clears throat> plate and I uh, have asked the uh, priest in the parish where I've been serving for me to take a hiatus and uh, help out when he needs someone or wants someone, but I'll be pulling back from that. So it's kind of a year of change for us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because as we mentioned before, we're going to kind of pull back from this podcast, too. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, so there's, uh, you know... I hope you'll miss us. We're planning our last show, and we've got some ideas for our last show. I'm not going to say any more, but I hope that you will uh, be with us. And when I say last show, believe me, if I run into another person like Nick Alexander or someone else that's really interesting, we'll put together a podcast. We we can pop back on the Internet and do something. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to take another uh, break led by uh, Nick Alexander, and uh, we'll be back. At first I was afraid, I was petrified Too scared to share the love of God I had inside Lost count of all those times I had kept the message in My lamp had dimmed Until I changed I could not win And so I read up on the saints You know they've had far more adversity Some had their heads up on a plate I should just change my stupid walk I should make them intercede If God could come to them in strength Perhaps he'd come to me It's time I go on out the door I'm in a world that is longing for our Lord Can't waste my precious talents on my stupid pride I must get humble It was for this Jesus died, it's time that I evangelize. Oh, as long as I trust in his Holy Spirit, he will guide. I don't have that much to give, but where I lack, he lives, run for the prize. Evangelize and pray. Well, Dee, were you tapping your feet? I was. (laughs) Oh, great. Evangelize. Great idea, Nick. Great idea. Um, Dear, uh, yesterday, we was it yesterday? We had uh, Father Tom come to the Catholic radio station. Actually, Thursday. Uh, Two days ago. And he uh, met the board of directors. He and I went to lunch first. 
celebrated at Mass at our parish. And then he and I went to lunch. And after lunch, we met with the board. And uh, I had one of the board members talk about the origins of Catholic radio in our community, which is a story about four men getting together over pizza to talk about how we could evangelize in the community. The men uh, that I was meeting with were Knights of Columbus, although this was not a Knights project per se, but we didn't have a lot of experience with evangelizing, and we were trying to figure out what we could do. And the fellow that led this part of the talk with the board meeting, Father Tom Quirk, was to tell them that the idea of radio came from one fellow, and all of us agreed that it would be something interesting to try. We knew nothing about building a radio station, but it's been on the air now for, what, six years. So uh, Father heard about that, and then uh, Jim Bridges talked about uh, how we depend so much on <clears throat> listener donations to Catholic Radio. We're never, ever rich, but we somehow just pay our bills, and that's it. And then John Trouchel uh, gave a little tour and talked about engineering. He retired from CBS Radio and happened to move to our community, and he's been our engineer. And the fellow that led off was Pete Domes, who is our vice president of the board. So we had a nice meeting with Father. He gave a blessing for the studio, and uh, we are going to be carrying some announcements from Father Tom Quirk, the pastor of St. Philip the Apostle Parish. And uh, we enjoy the support of Father Vieira over at Holy Nativity Catholic Church as well. Well, here we are uh, <clears throat> at the point where we usually spend time getting to know our special guest, We've already gotten to know him. Yes, we have. <laughs> Through his music. Yeah. And we're going to share a few words about his background. Let me just uh, pull up his bio information here. <clears throat> Nick is uh, ready and willing to serve you and your needs to help foster renewal to families and to youth and young adults. He's a dynamic Catholic charismatic Christian, a comedian, a worship leader, and a speaker. He has three comedy albums out. He's also available to share the great news uh, of the living reality of Christ in our daily lives in a way that is engaging, sometimes with fun, always heartfelt and effective. So uh, without any further ado, let's bring up Nick Alexander and we'll be back on the other side. Next up on Catholic Vitamins, it's a joy to be with Nick Alexander. Nick is back east. We're in sunny north-central Arizona, but on the way home from uh, an outing this morning, my wife said, uh, who is the interview with today? And I said, Nick Alexander. And she said, oh, I've heard of him. This will be great. So my wife gives you a thumbs up, and I will by the end of the show. <laughs> Welcome, Nick Alexander, to Catholic Vitamins. Thank you so very much, Deacon. It's just such a pleasure to be uh, talking with you uh, today. So thank, thank you. you. So we're in our, um, gosh, we're in our 2009 to 21, whatever that math is, 12, 13 years of Catholic Vitamins. And I think that this will be the first time that we've had someone 
of your faith ministry and walk. But we'll get into all of that. I'm looking forward to this time together. Um, well, thank you. What uh, What would you say about young Nick Alexander growing up? Was there faith in your life, and what was your family of origin like? Well, uh, I was raised an Episcopalian. My family is a, was a mixed marriage. Uh, my mother was a devout Episcopalian, uh, very uh, liberal-oriented. Uh, and my father was uh, an atheist. And I hear those statistics about, the, you know, if a father is an atheist, you know, the chances of a child being faithful is, uh, like 3%. Well, I think I should invest in the lottery because, uh, I somehow wound up being very devout and faithful despite, um, that upbringing. But yes, my father did not go to, uh, church, did not go to services. Um, but I went to Episcopal church growing up and I was not, uh, particularly popular amongst my peers, amongst my friends. I was, uh, actually quite bullied a little bit. And I was the t- one of the tallest kids in the class, which made being bullied a lot worse because <laughs> they got a lot more out of it. And um, I uh, just uh, had a lot of uh, emotional strain, very few friends. And I was 14 years old, and I was just about to enter high school where I was going to a youth group, and youth group was one of the few places where I felt like I belonged. I felt like I was accepted there, and, you know, I mean, I wasn't still super popular everywhere, but I was still, I was, it was much better there. And I went to one of these uh, youth camps, and it was there that I just had a, a, a drawing to understanding what the gospel was. And I tested it in a prayer before um, in an empty room when there was a free time where I just, uh, long story short, um, it was raining outside and I was looking forward to some nice, wonderful recess and, and, and beach time and, and unfortunately it was raining so that all had to be scuttled and I was just thinking my my head, my 14-year-old mind, oh, this is just one crummy day. And then immediately I was like, wait a minute. God knows that I'm thinking that right now. Hmm. Why don't I just tell him straight out that it's a crummy day? And I mean, because I'm all these passages from Scripture um, were very vibrant because we had Bible studies in the morning. So you know, uh, don't worry about what to say to God because He knows what to, what you're saying before you even ask. And when you pray, go into a you know, go into a um, a, a, a quiet corner. Go go into a um, closet. And you know, when he sees whatever you say in prayer, he'll reward you. And there was just this feeling of like I just had to be gutsy and just. Say, so it was the first time I ever prayed, like honestly, mm-hmm. before God. And I just instead of just doing something by rote, and I just waited and I just prayed, Lord, it's a crummy day, and I just waited. And in the midst of that waiting, that's where I got hit by just like this presence of God that was so strong and so powerful in that moment. And it was as if God was inviting me to be friends in that, in that quiet, uh, you know, empty um, cabin by the bed. I just had this sense of all this time, just all this, my life up to that point had been one giant crummy day. 
and I felt like God was inviting me, let me be a part of it. And so I have accepted it, and I've never looked back. Uh, all these years, I've been faithful um, to my my love for the Lord, and part of that means later in life, um, when I, in my early twenties. Uh, I came into first the charismatic renewal and then into the Catholic Church, uh, which has been a blessing for me. And then just after I converted to Catholicism, bam, I, I moved to another part of the United States where I didn't have the same support that I had in college, which was then I had to work my way up and figure out uh, how to be a Catholic as a young adult, when there weren't many young adults as as Catholics in the church, now, look, families and elderly people, sad to say, and I had to uh, stick it out and become faithful in in, in the midst of that. So, let's, let, let's go back to your uh, cabin conversion or the start sure. of your conversion. Um, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it uh, so awesome when God? becomes real in your life rather than the set of prayers from a book or hymns that you sing that somebody else has composed and they may not be coming from where you are. Isn't that awesome? It's so, uh, I, I, the words really can't describe it. It's, it's like, it's, it's amazing. At the same time, it's sobering and scary because you have the creator of the universe and you have his attention and, and, and you know him and he knows you and you only know him just for what he's able to share with you. And you, you're immediately like this, it, it, it all got real. <laughs> it all became, I had to learn how to grow in faith and not just rely upon the warm fuzzies as they call them back in the day, but more like grow in my knowledge of scripture and doctrine and apologetics and church history. I had to grow in that. And at the same time, I had to grow in, uh, out in faith and take, you know, daring steps in my senior year in high school. Um, my, my high school actually had a, a Bible study. And I wound up becoming president of the high school Bible study. And suddenly, if people didn't know that I was a Christian in my in, in my uh, lower years, like freshman and sophomore, they certainly knew I was a Christian by my senior year. And I was wearing, like, the, it was fashion statement at the time to wear all these buttons on a jean jacket. And I just had all these Christian buttons and Christian T-shirts. I had a T-shirt that said, this is your brain, this is your brain in hell. You know? Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, you, you're, you're definitely limited to what <laughs> they sold in the Christian bookstores, but I was like, this is cool. And I totally got into the Christian rock scene, you know, I went to Christian concerts, like, you know, saw Petra and Jeff Moore um, back then, and, you know, Steve Taylor, Michael W. Smith. I don't know if anybody knows these names, but they, they are like now icons um, back then, and some of them still performing um, in Christian music. But, so me, I mean, that was my whole world, uh, to the great chagrin of my father, who just didn't know where he went wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, and, let me ask, let me ask uh, this started when you were 14. Did you begin to struggle any with the typical 
struggles of teens about faith or fidelity. No you mean de- like uh, no details. You mean like in terms of sex and all that? Well, if, but if I whatever. So blunt. You know, it's, uh, when I when when that happened, those struggles went away. I, there was no room for any of those struggles. I knew that God was real and all that. If I was to have any struggles at all, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying hypothetically because this didn't happen, it would be in faithfulness in terms of morals. If I had a girlfriend and if we were close and then got closer, um, as does happen uh, to some people. And that didn't happen for me because I wasn't popular enough to have a girlfriend in high school. (laughs) So, uh, so that was still a, a, a blessing in disguise, so to speak. Um, you know, so this, this, the struggles that uh, kids would say, you know, Oh, I'm not sure if I would need to go. The, uh, the other struggle I would have is like, um, there was a part of me that would wonder, should, you know, I enjoyed my Episcopal church, and my Episcopal church, by the way, in New York City, was actually had a charismatic bent to mm. it. Oh. Uh, it's one of the very few. There's, there was like a few that uh, invited people who were worship leaders who were behind a songbook series called Songs of Praise. They were part of a, a church uh, in Houston that moved to New York City. And Okay, so let's uh, go... Let's go, go into ahead. your let's go into your young adult years. What were you doing? Let's go there then. Sure. <clears throat> so, so basically, in my young adult years, I go off to college, and I figured out that if you want to get good grades, um, you have to sign up to as many Christian groups as possible. <laughs> I'm only saying that kind of uh, tongue in cheek because that actually happened. I was so po- I was so involved in my high school years with Christian activities, miraculously, I got my highest grades that year, and um, I was inducted into my honor society and everything. So when I went to college, I signed up for all the different groups, and my college was Rutgers University. Mm -hmm. It was a a state school uh, for New Jersey. And when I went there, um, I immediately... Uh, fell in love with this one Christian group that was, uh, unbeknownst to me, an outreach uh, from a Catholic covenant community. And I don't know if people are familiar with that term or not, but basically it's when a lot of people in the Catholic Church are on fire with God and they are involved with the charismatic renewal, and in order to get more support, they decided to buy real estate and buy houses and all live near each other and commit to um, extra worship sessions outside of liturgy. Um, And they had an outreach to college, and there were a lot of students who were part of that. And so they had kind of like a frat house right down the street from my dorm. And so I visited them for morning prayer, and immediately I got swept into what you would say the charismatic renewal. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, even though my Episcopal upbringing was, uh, had a charismatic element, um, that was kind of like, uh, it, it wasn't as vibrant as this group was. And I was very much blown, blown in, blown away, but I did not know that they were Catholic. 
They were an ecumenical group. They basically said this is an ecumenical group. It was called University Christian Outreach. It's now, uh, that group doesn't really exist anymore, but at the time that was, um, out of some covenant communities in, um, Michigan. Now, uh, I think it's, it's under different names. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I found myself in love with the prayer. And in the midst of all this, one particular Christmas, my mom, of all people, gets me a book on Marian apparitions oh uh, at Medjugorje. Yes. And I know Medjugorje is not fully accepted. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, half and half, and I don't want to go into controversy, but this is a book written by Wayne Weibel, who at the time was Lutheran, and he was doing a tour on all these mainline uh, Protestant churches, and my mom happened to see that, or at least hear of him speaking, and says, oh, I'll get my son this book. He's all crazy, you know, religious. He'll love this book about Mary. And I was mortified, because I had to deal with an issue that I never heard of. Uh, not that I never, I never heard of uh, Marian apparitions um, uh, at that scale. And I read the book, and I knew that the only way I could get around this uh, cognitive dissonance is to actually pray the rosary. And I had to go into a store, and I had to find, I found a little pamphlet saying, Pray the Rosary for Non-Catholics. And I found a cheap rosary, and I bought them together, and I felt like a, 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 a you know, like, is everybody looking at me here? <laughs> you know, I felt very self-conscious. It's like, oh, no, this is for a friend. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I bought it, and I tested it, and lo and behold, I loved the rosary. Mm-hmm. I found that Mary, why wouldn't Mary be alive and well and wanting the best for her children uh, and wanting the best for all of you know, Christianity, all, all those who follow Christ, her son, to uh, grow in faith. And it was just a, uh, it was a powerful um, reminder of her matronly love that God had graced us to feel and, 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 and uh, grow in. So I learned about the rosary, and then everybody at my group found out that I was praying the rosary. And then Suddenly, rosary praying became a thing, and it was led by four of us who were Protestants. Gosh. Praying it on the beach and just talking, wow, the you know, Lord is just, you know, great. And I could have joined the RCIA right then and there, but there were a lot of issues that I was still dealing with. And the one big issue, well, there was a lot of big issues. One of the big issues was women in the priesthood as an Episcopalian. That was a big one. Sure. And uh, Eucharist, um, you know, I, but I somehow became known around campus as the the guy who was the best Catholic apologist who just so happened to not be Catholic. Oh my! <laughs> People just kept coming to me. It's like, where, you know, uh, why why do priests have confession? And out of nowhere, it just popped in my head. Oh, Jesus breathed on the disciples. Where sins are forgiven, they are forgiven. Where sins are retained, they are retained. That's where it's from. And they said, oh, thank you. And they'd walk away, and I'd go, where did that come from? (laughs) And that was just amazing how 
those doors opened up. And for me about Eucharist, um, I thought it was perfectly legitimate to, and I could see why some people would say it's perfectly legitimate to say that even if Jesus used harsher terms and turned away people in John 6, um, you know, it could still mean possibly, because it's such a big leap, it still could possibly potentially mean uh, that it's a metaphor, a very vibrant metaphor, but a metaphor. Uh, and it, that changed when I went to a conference that was sponsored by Catholics, and at the end of it, they had Eucharistic adoration. And it was my first Eucharistic adoration, uh, benediction, the whole, uh, the whole, everything. And I saw this giant arena of people just in domino effect just went and kneel as this golden thing coming out with a little white center come and walk out. And I mean, and I'm immediately like, this is, very weird, and I had to get on top of this. And, of course, I had to, I didn't want to kneel because I wasn't sure if it was Jesus or not, but I didn't want to, like, stick out like a sore thumb. It's like, oh, this guy, you know, what's he doing? So I had to, like, scrunch there for, the, for like, a full 45 minutes just saying, Lord, what is this? Is, this, is that you? <laughs> you know, and... um Right after that, I bought a book on, uh, you know, uh, not Eucharistic miracles, um, conversions to the faith, uh, to the Catholic Church, called Spiritual Journeys, put up by the Daughters of St. Paul. And over and over again, I just started feeling this longing about coming into the Catholic faith, just seeing, like, what's there and how... Um, God is really present there, even in the boring churches where no one's singing. Um, God is more present there than we would ever know. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, well, I'm, we're we're looking. I'm looking at our scheduled time together, and here we are in the middle of an exciting period of conversion for you. Can you can you cap that shortly, and then I want to find out what you're doing these years, these days. Well, at, right after that, uh, I was at a Steubenville conference. It was it was called Ecumenism. Uh, it was it was a defending the faith conference, but the title was about ecumenism. And I realized later that I had been duped because I it wasn't an ecumenical conference; it was a Catholic apologetics conference about ecumenism. Right. <laughs> but it was there that uh, again I went to more Eucharistic adoration, and I just had this sense that you know all of my. Uh, reasons to not be Catholic had all flittered away, and I knew that I was being invited to join the faith, and so I did. And then shortly after that, I uh, went through the whole RCIA process, and then after I converted, and uh, shortly after that, I moved up to Connecticut for a job and unfortunately, I found out that I was one of the fortunate few who had such great support at college. But when I went to um, the general uh, masses, I was oftentimes the only person my age there. And I didn't know how to handle it. Not that I didn't know. That was the hardest part, 
And just to, just to be brief, I don't want to spend too much time there. Um, God is good. He allowed me to work through that and to become comfortable with the rank-and-file Catholics in the midst of um, being the only person my age. And I somehow was able to work it through, where I was able to finally find my wife um, and, and get married. And now we have a family. And that's what, uh, what happened with that now. You want to know what else I'm, I'm known for? Um, in the midst of that, long story short, I became known as the Catholic Weird Al. <laughs> okay. How's that for a right turn, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just loved writing songs and worship songs, but as an exercise, I wrote uh, songs over popular uh, songs just as an exercise. I played them for some people, and the response was overwhelmingly, humongously positive that I was encouraged to record a, a comedy album of that stripe. So I went ahead and did so, and I went, that, those uh, albums became like three albums and then individual singles every, every now and then um, since... Uh, we're now in the MP3 era of streaming and all that. But I have put out three um, phenomenal uh, <laughs> parody albums, uh, the only ones of their kind um, where they're very uh, orthodox and reverent in terms of lyrics, but the songs are pop songs that I suspect that majority of people are very familiar with, and you know, from the 60s, to uh, present day. Well, you were kind enough to uh, share some music. We're going to play uh, some of that during the course of our show today when uh, when we put this together. Um, where have you gone, uh, spoken, performed? Uh, I played at World Youth Day in 2002. I played at uh, the NCYC conferences, um, and I've had uh, such um, an amazing uh, response there. And, um, you know, they, they invite me to play all over the country, um, you know, uh, Washington State, California. I was in Tucson not about six years ago where I played for a, uh, a, a conference in um, uh, that celebrates deacons, and I was telling you this before. Uh, I wrote a parody just to honor deacons, where I, where I, um, and this is not recorded anywhere. Let me just come out of here. I, I took some songs from the Who, and I made a medley of songs from the Who. So you know, no one knows what it's like to be a deacon, to be all speaking while dressed in white. You know, and and. Uh, so on and so forth. So I, I did that. Uh, where else have I been? You know, I've been in, in Texas multiple times. I've been in uh, Florida. I've, I believe, I believe in uh, um, uh, Pennsylvania a couple times. I've been all over, and uh, they invite me over to youth camps um, or to uh, church potlucks where people would come over and have. Uh, we would do a concert, and people would bring in food, and it would be a nice family gathering. Um, or I would do it for some sort of event which honors, like like a uh, uh, kind of like a a, uh, a charity, 
And it's like, oh, you've given this much to charity. Come to our charity banquet, and our special guest will be a comedian speaker, uh, and they'll talk, and they'll bring me in. So oh, I've been able to do that uh, for the last uh, 20 or so years. My heavens. Um, you are... Um you are employed in some sort of a profession to put regular bread on the table. Um, I am. And, I do but, have a day job, and that day job has been very kind to me this last year, um, so to speak, because of uh, COVID. I, all the events have pretty much uh, dried up for good reason. So that's given me a freedom to experiment and try new things at home uh, and to you know, I'm in the middle of a creative rush right now that I'm not really prone to really share just yet. But, you know, keep me in the loop and we'll keep in touch. And then when I'm able to finally release it, you'll get to see what the results are. But it's, uh, I assure you, I'm more excited about this than any of the comedy songs I've been putting out before. All right. Once, once this creative rush allows you to break free, are you ready to be back on the road some? I'm well, well, obviously the COVID is the the big issue here as to who, you know, whether I'm ready to be on the road or not. Um, but I am ready to be uh, invited whenever those doors are opened up. Obviously, uh, I, and I think I speak for everybody who's, you know, in touring and all that, that everybody's just dying to be known to, to be released um, to be able to do that. But not not quite yet, obviously. The songs that I'm writing right now um, will have a home, I assure you. I don't know if it will work as a concert or not. I'm mostly a uh, playing guitarist, but I'm trying to learn um, production right now as we speak so I can release these songs um, in a uh, in the world that we're in using YouTube or uh, SoundCloud or um, whatever you know, my, you know, Facebook, whatever uh, place is open to hearing these new songs. So I'm looking right. forward to bringing them out. Very, very good. Let's give some connectivity information. How can people find you? My website is nickalexander.com. Very easy to find, and uh, if you want to reach me, I'm at nick at nickalexander.com. I have Facebook accounts. You can meet me there. I have Twitter, which I don't usually use all that much. Uh, I usually do most of my um, uh, updates uh, nowadays on Facebook. So if anybody wants to reach me there, that's where I'll be at. Nick, I, uh, I want to close with a smile. I mean, I'm very grateful for our time together. Um, I was trying to think of an adjective that would be friendly, but would be recognizable. And to think of a person being a parody writer, a comedian, a faith evangelist, all these all together sounds like I need a word. I was thinking of quirky. Is that is that too demeaning or is that is that okay? I think quirky is is it's not demeaning, but I think uh, quirky is the least of it. <laughs> uh, it's got to be a little more, uh, you know, uh, you know, crazy like a fox could be one of those terms. You know, um, uh, unique. Um, what what would be the term? I mean, I, I would I wouldn't dare say that I am the the epitome of all that should be as comedy, but I do believe that the songs that have come out, um, the, the parody songs that have come out of my 
uh, writing it, it have served a phenomenal purpose of being uh, laugh-out-loud funny, but also um, teaching material and apologetic material and just ministry material, just it's just a combination of those three. It's just a, the, a mix of everything where people can feel comfortable sharing um, a laugh and, and, and play a practical joke and say, hey, let's, let's listen to nice, you know, the radio. Let's listen to some classic rock. And then suddenly there's, wait a minute, that's not it. That's Gregorian chant. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, you mentioned a wife very briefly. Can you do a flyover of how you two met and what she thought of you in the beginning? She knew of me before I discovered my talent of being a parody writer. And we were in the middle of dating when it all came down. And she had to ask herself, is he really going to be, is he really the one? And she had to go through her own uh, time. And, you know, she's been very gracious and kind. We met at a, uh, actually a Christian uh, group. Um, cause there was, there weren't that many Catholic groups. So I went to some, um, Christian groups that as a Catholic, and there were a lot of people that were saying, oh yeah, I was raised Catholic and became Christian. I said, oh good, I was raised Christian and became Catholic. <laughs> and they were going, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> and she was one of the few people who was already Catholic anyway. And I was introduced by my roommate and, uh, you know, to this day, we're so grateful for that because we, it took us like, we were friends first. And then over time, we realized that we were made for each other. And uh, we complement each other in so many ways. She's taught me so many things about um, the music she liked. And she, she caught me up on a whole lot of stuff. And she's my best sounding board when I have an idea of a song. Say, hey, how about this? And she'd be the one telling me, like, that's the worst idea you've ever had. And I can trust her. <laughs> so in, in many ways, she's been my best um, uh, supporter in all this, of this. And uh, so we've been together. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary this year um, in marriage. And uh, we have two kids, um, Matthew and Holly. They are, you know, Matthew is 14 almost, and Holly is 14 almost. And that means they're twins. Amen. Amen. Well, Nick Alexander, what a joy it's been to get to know you a bit and to to share you with uh, listeners on the World Wide Web and on our Catholic radio station, KPIH 98.9 in Payson, Arizona. I promise that we will keep you in our prayers, and I thank you for the gift of your time. Well, thank you for the invite and the opportunity to share what I do, and uh, I pray for your ministry out there. I pray that you guys still survive this COVID thing and everybody uh, get themselves healthy and um, that the masses will begin opening up again soon. So let's uh, let's pray that that will happen. I don't know how bad it is there or not, but... um, Pray it comes back to normal uh, in due time. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you again, Nick. Thank you, Deacon. God bless. Well, we're back 
after some great time with Nick Alexander, and uh, we probably were going to be able to get another piece of music that he's written into uh, our Catholic Vitamins for this show. It might make people want to go check him out on the website. Amen. Yeah. So, and speaking of his website, nickalexander.com, if you ever want to know how a worship leader and a Christian apologist also became known as a top Catholic parody artist, there's an article there on his website that gives you all that information where he tells his story. NickAlexander.com. There you go. Well, the, uh, every uh, month we feature a book giveaway on Catholic Vitamins. And one of the recent guests that we've had back on Catholic Vitamins is a missionary, evangelist, hermit, and sweet lady. Her name is Mary Kloska. And she's donated a book, The Holiness of Womanhood, The Holiness of Womanhood, by Mary Kloska. And uh, on the back are some endorsements, rather typical thing to do. One of them was by Father Mitch Pacwa. He said that Mary Kloska takes on an important, though much neglected, issue, the real differences between women and men, with a focus on these differences Uh, of these differences on women's spirituality. The joy of reading this is that in place of the anger that sometimes accompanies such issues, Mary gently and calmly observes the differences and celebrates both, even as she focuses her attention on the spiritual gifts of women. Her book is a profound aid in a woman's spiritual development. And I think this book is probably recommended as a good individual retreat item, or if you get a a group of people together, you can share on this book chapter by chapter and talk about it. So, The Holiness of Womanhood by Mary Kloska. If you would like it. Send an email to catholicvitamins at gmail.com, catholicvitamins at gmail.com, or you can call our studio, 928-363-4144, 363-4144. Speaking of that phone number, we had a lady listener call in. Her name is Helena. I'm just not going to say anymore. And Helena was saying how much she enjoyed listening to Catholic Vitamins and putting up with my weak voice sometimes, (laughs) but enjoying our married state and how we love each other, which we do. And uh, it's so glad, so glad to be able to talk to a listener once in a while. That was a, a phone call at the studio that I enjoyed. Hint, hint. We like getting calls and messages that, like that. So. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> you bet. Well, we're going to take another break, and we'll be back. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone. Did you ever realize that those who defend abortion use the very same words that Jesus himself used to teach the world the meaning of love? This is my body. This is my body, some say. I will do with it what I want, even if it means killing the child. This is my body, Jesus said, given up for you, that you may have life. I don't cling to it and control it so that you die. I give it away so that you live. We never find happiness by pushing someone else out of the way. We only find it when we push ourselves out of the way and make room for the other. Abortion is the opposite of love. Let us work together to bring it to an end and to choose life. This is Father Frank Pavone, Director of Priests for Life. 
Americans spend so much time in their lives worrying. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi. We worry constantly. We worry about unimportant things, things we have no control over, and things we can't change. We worry about what other people think of us. We worry about first impressions when we meet someone new. We worry if we are being understood correctly. We worry about money, our jobs, bills, retirement, paying for our kids' college education. We worry about illness, accidents, and death. If we added up all of the time we spend worrying, we would add several years of enjoyment to our lives. Then why do we do it? Why do we worry so much? Why do we make ourselves physically and mentally sick over it? You know, one of the greatest regrets of the elderly is, I wish I hadn't spent so much of my life worrying. In worrying, we fail to see the big picture. We concentrate on our immediate problem without seeing God's bigger plan for our lives. We fail to recognize God's promise. Worry is the opposite of trusting God. As we read in Matthew's Gospel, we can't add a single moment to our lifespan with worry. And he continues in verse 30 with, If God so clothed the grass of the field which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O little of faith? Faith. That's it. That's the anecdote to worry. Faith that God truly has a plan for our lives that includes getting us through tough times. We need to focus on God and not on our problem. And worrying directs our focus in the wrong direction. Prayer should replace worry. Put aside your worry. Put your faith in God. Pray knowing that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard you in Jesus. Replace your worry with prayer. This is Tony Agnesi. Thank you, Tony Agnesi, a good friend of Catholic Vitamins and uh, always on target, dear. Oh, always gosh, his words are always wise words. Well, uh, Dee, <clears throat> what do we have to do today? Oh, we have to go. We've got to wrap this up pretty soon. we got to go to a surprise birthday party at the church hall for one of our parishioners. All right, we'll be doing that. And Dee, I want to thank you because you've been taking a dear lady who uh, is in need of a ride to Mass, and she can't drive anymore. And I want to thank you for your ministry, uh, your outreach. I have two friends with the same first name, and they're both in different ways homebound. And uh, I've been trying to touch base with them every week. I enjoy visiting with them. He is uh, celebrating the gift of friendship and uh, sharing the faith. Well, dear friends, that's the end of this Catholic Vitamins. We thank Nick Alexander. I thank dear D, Tony Agnesi, and all of our friends. We'll see you on the next show. Bye. From A to Z, Catholic Vitamins. Don't enter the race without them. See you next time. This is Deacon Tom. Blessings. My girlfriend and I were talking One night after a prayer group She's filled with such devotion But her question threw me for a loop Do you tithe? I said no I don't have time I never have enough But she said I thank God for what he's done for me
in the times I pray and go to church. But there's something in the moment when you sacrifice from your purse. She asked if I'd start. I said I'll try. But questions raised my mind. Could I share yet maintain the way I'm living? Tithe after tithe. If I fall, can I catch up on my giving? Tithe after tithe. I worked on budget from a book by Larry Burkett. One point of confusion. Should I work 